0: Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we have conversations about prayer and motherhood for today's Christian mom. I'm your host, Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small-town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. It's the combination of the two that makes this podcast different. Not just motherhood, not just prayer, both. Prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today, and because of that, my goal is to help you see it not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. Hey there, friends. You are listening to the third episode in our series entitled Getting to the Root of Weariness. Last week, we dissected our tendency to hide behind pride, and I shared my very personal story of learning to boast in my weaknesses. I really didn't intend to be like, quote, unquote, that mom who shared highly vulnerable stories about her motherhood mess ups publicly, but I've learned that boasting in my weaknesses releases me to walk in the powerful strength of God and friends. His strength is way better than mine. If you didn't listen to that one, I recommend adding it to your playlist. Before we jump in and tackle route number three, choosing weary over worship, I want to remind you that if you love the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, however that works for you. Also, take a minute to rate and review it because it helps the show reach more moms with a message of hope. Finally, consider partnering with me to build our production budget so we can provide weekly episodes of the podcast by pledging just $5 a month via our Patreon. When you do, you receive a scripture-inspired prayer calendar and an opportunity to join me in a live prayer session once a month, which is always, always a sweet time of prayer. So I have with me here again for our final episode together in this season, my dear friend, Stacy Thacker. Stacy and I just released our newest book together, Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope, which is available now anywhere books are sold. And with this podcast series, we're trying to get to the bottom of what causes weariness or that feeling of being completely unraveled in motherhood and give you the tools you need to pray through seasons of weariness when they come because as we can attest, they will come. So Stacey, how are you today? How are things there in the sunshine state?
1: Things are pretty good. It's funny when we talk about these things and I realize that I need this right now in my life. i coming off of a busy beginning of the month. I had a speaking engagement this past weekend and I'm actually feeling weary today. So I just wanna say to all the mamas out there, hey, this message is for Brooke and I if I can throw her in with myself, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we need this too. And we have just found as we've been revisiting some of these truths is how encouraging it is for our hearts as well. So we're doing fine, but I am being very encouraged by this message in particular today.
0: Yeah, I really agree with you, Stacy. I feel like every time we talk about this, it just reminds me of how much I need this message on a daily basis. This is not a one and done kind of message. This is not something that you know oh i've got weariness kicked in the tail now i don't have to i don't ever have to deal with weariness ever again because life is going to throw things at us and and as our children get older the weariness changes it really does you know when when you and i first started talking about this subject my kids were really young and the weariness that i experience now versus what i experienced when they were young is just totally and radically different but it's still there so I agree with you. We just, you know, it's a subject we really need to revisit over and over again. But today we're going to dig into root number three, which is choosing weariness over worship. And I, I emphasized the word choosing in our title on purpose here. In chapter 10 of Unraveled, you say weariness is a habit of the heart. The word habit can be defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up, which I thought was a really interesting way of putting it. And implied in that definition is some kind of choice to practice that habit, right? Like we're choosing to practice a particular habit. Why is weariness a habit?
1: That is one good definition. That same thing when you said it is hard to give up. Oh, Ouch. That is that is so great to hear. I obviously love words. But anyway, (laughs) let me just answer the question now that I'm over the definition for me over my years of mothering in particular. I think weariness is like a default. Do You have like default settings like on your washer or your dishwasher or something where if you change the setting, it'll just automatically go back to default. I think that's what weariness is for me. It's my default, unfortunately. It's where my mind and body go when I stop moving. So you know how like when you're busy and you're just kind of running on adrenaline or you're running on energy that just comes from caffeinated products or maybe, I don't know, an emotional conversation you just had, whatever it is. But when I stop moving and sometimes even in the busyness of all of the doing, sometimes even then when I still have the energy I'm feeding off of, that weirdness just hangs over me and presses down. So I, I think the best way I know how to say it, it's my default
0: setting. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it, and I can definitely relate to that. It's like we just—it's like an old, comfy pair of slippers. Like the, like I'll—I'll I'll just confess to you guys that while Stacy and I are recording this podcast, I am, in fact, wearing my bedroom slippers. I am dressed. I do not have my pajamas on, but I am wearing my my bedroom slippers <laughs> while we're doing this, and. And one of them has come kind of ironic. Is this irony? Is this the Lord? I don't know. One of them has come unravelled a little bit.
1: (laughs) That is that's providential. I think it
0: is. I think it is. Anyways, like it barely even stays on my foot anymore because it's it's made it so that it's really wide at the at the mouth where you slip your foot in, and it's like it's too big now but have I gone out and gotten a new pair of slippers? No, I have not because these are old and broken in and comfortable and I don't want to. It, it kind of reminds me of that. Like it's it's inconvenient, right? It's, it causes a little bit of stress when I step out of my slipper every once in a while because it's too <laughs> big. <laughs> but but I haven't taken the time to go and actually do anything about it. And I think that's why we call it a choice. It's, it's like living in a choice to do something that is not helpful for you. And that's, that's why we say that. So why do you say that weariness is a habit of the heart though, specifically of the heart?
1: Well, I think building on the idea of habit is to take it to the heart level is that for me, it's just deeply wired into me. I think you could even also say it at a flesh level or a heart level is that the weariness to me, this kind of weariness, isn't just, I need to take a nap. I mean, I like naps, better than anybody. Although I would say I've kind of lost the art of napping the older yeah, I get. Yeah. It's just harder. I remember in college, I could sleep anywhere, anywhere. And now it's like, oh, everything not only does it have to be quiet, but my brain has to stop moving, which is not always the case these days. Um, but I think for me um, that weariness is just deeper. Mm-hmm. So when I say heart level, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's deeply ingrained in me. But it also feels like if I take a nap, that might help a little bit. That doesn't solve the problem. It's right. deeper than that.
0: Yeah, I like there's a verse that that says, and I, it's, it's actually listed in a couple different places. And the actual verse is escaping me right now, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's one that I say to my kids all the time, and that is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So mm-hmm. what is in our hearts, it comes up. It just does it my my pastor says what's in the well comes up in the bucket <laughs> it's a little it's a little southern Appalachian way of saying it for you, but it's still true, like what's in your heart yes. is going to come out, and that's what I think of when we talk about that heart level stuff. if there's something good in our hearts, that's what's going to come out if there's something bad in our hearts. That's what's going to come out. and Anything in between is, is what's going to come out as well. So you say in the book that the answer to weariness is to choose worship instead. So there's that choose word again. It sounds, sounds like that's going to be a theme of what we talk about today. Let's take a moment to define then what worship looks like for a weary mom, because... I'll be honest, there was a time when I would have heard that word worship. And I would have thought that you were telling me I just needed to like walk through the church doors more often, mm-hmm. right? And that's not what you're saying.
1: No, I think um worship often does involve music. I think that's a that's I mean, at least for me, that's one of the quickest ways to get my heart in the right place. However, it's more than music. What I think worship is, is that it's recognizing who God is and responding to Him. It's remembering His attributes, remembering His character, and responding to Him. Sometimes we do that through singing. Sometimes we do that through prayer. Sometimes we do that um, through um, sharing a Bible verse, just different things. Sometimes we do that through creating maybe, or through serving. So worship is just that response that moves us and helps us to respond to who God is.
0: And, and I would even say to take it a step further, that sometimes just choosing to walk in obedience to God is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. It's it's us saying, I'm going to uh, die to myself, Lord, and I'm choosing to recognize who you are um, I'm choosing to recognize that you are in authority over me. I'm choosing to recognize all that you've done for me that has gotten me to where you are. And even if I don't necessarily feel like it in this moment, I'm going to choose to obey you in this moment. That can be, in in my experience, that can be an act of worship mm-hmm. um, as well. Just just simply choosing to do what God says to do. And again, I just keep coming back to that word choose. So let's camp there. Why does choosing worship over weariness matter?
1: You know, let's go back to um, weariness being that default, being kind of the undercurrent, being kind of the core level uh, thing that I'm carrying around. If that's the truth of who I am, then I need to be intentional to look for God and to respond to Him. And I'm more likely to look around me. I I don't know if I'm the only one like this. I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm not. It's more normal for me to look around at my right now mess and to look at um, everything that needs to be done. That's not just the physicalities of of my house, like the dishes or the laundry, Um, because as my kids have gotten older, other people do those things. But for me, the right now mess might be things that, you know, I need to take kids to appointments or there's things that need to happen, like the doing, it's not just the physical mess, it's also relational, emotional messes. So let me just broaden that. But I'm more likely to look at my right now mess than the Lord. more likely to think about all the things causing me to be weary than to choose the solution to what's going to lift my eyes from all of that mess. And because it doesn't happen naturally, I have to be intentional throughout my day, throughout my weeks to be looking for the Lord so that my heart can respond to him and not the problems I see in front of me.
0: Yeah, that is such a great definition. So just the other day, actually, I think it's been several months ago now, my, my son, one of my two sons came home. And, um, they were kind of like all impassioned about a conversation that had happened at school. And, uh, we were talking about it. My husband wasn't here, he was working. And so it was just me and we were trying to work our way through this particular topic that both of my boys were, um, you know, thinking about. And I, I was a little bit disappointed in the depth of one of my son's understanding of this issue from a biblical standpoint. Okay. So my, my children are still teenagers. They are very much still growing in their faith. They are owning their faith. You know, like they, they're not 44. I just turned 44. They're not 44. They're not, they're not 74. They don't have the, the level of Christian maturity that goes with. You know, those later stages of life where we have walked with the Lord, they're pretty cool kids and they know the Lord and they love the Lord. But I think I found myself in a place where I was like expecting them to be further along than they were. And I was disappointed when they weren't and i remember sitting on the couch and my younger son was smart he got up and left my older son is 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 kind of like me and he he likes to reason things and so we're going back and forth and and talking and and uh, i was sharing my perspective and he was sharing his perspective and and at least we were sharing i mean it was good it was a good you know conversation but i decided somewhere in the middle of it that we just kind of needed to stop and take a break and so he left the room and i literally felt this almost oppressive weariness resting on my shoulders because in that moment i lost sight of the fact that god is doing a work in him and it is an ongoing work in him and so in the moment i'm sitting there like oh i've i've ruined i've i've not done my job he doesn't get it he he doesn't see the, the deeper biblical truth of what we're doing in, you know, in this particular situation, I've blown it. Like that, that's, that tends to be my default is if something isn't right in my children, I default to, well, I blew it as a mom. This is clearly my fault. And I just remember feeling the Holy Spirit, almost just tapping on my heart, Going, hey, I'm here. And so I remember choosing then in that moment to just take a deep breath and say, Okay, Lord, this is not too big for you. You are the God who created him, you are the God who changes hearts of stone to hearts of flesh. And I just began to kind of tell the Lord what I knew to be true about him in this situation. And it reminds me of exactly what you're saying. I could have chosen to just wear that weariness banner and wear it with pride because I've done that before I've done it lots of times before in my in my motherhood journey but I think after a lot of years of doing this I've begun to recognize that it's a choice I can choose to wallow in that habit or I can choose to turn my eyes to the lord and remember all the things about him that are true and when I do that it changes my perspective choosing worship Overweariness, if you will,
1: that's good. And what you were doing in that moment, Brooke, is you were worshiping. Mm-hmm. You were recognizing, and then you had a response to, to who He is. And that peace flowed, and the encouragement came. That's a great example. Of that. That's no one would think, "Oh, she's just sitting there on their couch after a hard conversation with her teenager." That you actually took that as a moment of worship. That that is a great example of of what it looks like to recognize the weariness and choose to worship instead. I love that example.
0: Yeah, but it comes with practice. Don't you think like (laughs) it's not necessarily our gut response all the time. It's a choice. It's a choice to say, okay, there's something different that we can do here. So in this same chapter, you talk a lot about margin. And I know we were laughing guys before we went live with this today. We were laughing about how little margin we have today. There's, There's something else we both need to do. And we're like, I just can't do it today. I don't have the time. So you go as far as to say that margin is straight up the one thing you need most to move from weariness to worship. But for a mom, margin can be one of the most difficult things to find. It is certainly for me. To quote you, margin <laughs> <That's probably> encouraging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to quote you, margin doesn't happen on its own. We have to create it and we may have to fight for it. That sounds like you're asking moms to get out of their comfort zone, that breaking the habit of weariness might require them to do things they think they can't do. Can you give us some examples of that?
1: Painfully so, I can give you examples. (laughs) Here's the thing is, again, as I said at the top, we're living this right now. And it is just, for me, this season that I'm in, margin is squeezed out constantly. Maybe, I didn't even think it was possible. I thought my margin with my little children, my younger children when they were little, was harder, but as they're older, for some reason, I think it's because I've taken on more as well. It's just a really hard season. So I know the Lord is smiling right now and he's, he's, he's going to ask me later if I listened to this (laughs) while I was having it. Um, Okay. So I have learned, this is, this is the big thing is that when I say yes to the Lord, when I need to say yes to worship, that that means I have to say no to some other things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. When you say yes to the Lord you have to say no to other things. So, I want to spend this positively and let you maybe think through what saying yes to this means you're saying no to. So, one of the things I do some intentional things, I try to. Let me also say, I'm not perfect at this. And even when I'm doing these things, it doesn't, it's not always the thing. I may have to create some more margin or find something else and, and, and choose worship in moments that are already difficult that I can't get out of, right? So, just like Brooke did, but here are some things to say yes to. For me, saying yes to getting up early um, to spend time with the Lord so that I can have some quiet time before everybody's up, before people are going to work, before kids start school, before the lunches need to be made. I'm getting up early. Now, I will encourage you in this. When I first started doing this, I used to spend my time, and it doesn't matter when you spend your time with the Lord. Maybe you can do that before bed. Let me tell you, my personal story is that I was doing it before I went to bed, but when I had kids, everything shifted, and I just felt there was something about mornings that helped me get my mindset right before my kids hit the ground running. And so I started as best I could most mornings with 15 minutes. That's it. 15 minutes. You can drink a cup of coffee or tea or whatever your morning beverage is. You can drink that in 15 minutes and you can find a verse and you can pray a short prayer and you can listen to a song or two. And then that 15 minutes, you can get your heart set on worship for the day. So that's, that's one of the things I say yes to. So yes, saying yes to getting up early means saying no to a little bit more sleep.
0: I just want to comment on that real quick, because I think you've, you've hit on something that's really important. And that is that sometimes I think we have over expectations or our expectations for what our quiet time with the Lord in the morning needs to look like, especially as young moms. Because, you know, once the kids get up, it becomes really difficult to, and I will say, even as teenagers, once they get up, it's, it's harder to, it's harder to yeah, get it I'm done. Her. Yes. <laughs> um, but I don't, I just want to release that mom that's listening right now that feels like she has to have like two hours of quiet time before the kids get up and that she has to inductively study the entire book that she's reading in the Bible and And like have 25 commentaries sitting all around her and, and, you know, listen to it on audible or whatever before, like, she you know, getting it all in, you don't have to do that. Like, maybe there will be a time in your life when God will allow you to do that. But I just wanted to camp on what you said, Stacey, in that sometimes you just look at one verse and it needs to be enough, you know, Mm -hmm. like read a Psalm and a proverb every day. That's what I did when my kids were really young and it was really all the time I had. I would just read one Psalm and one proverb and God used it. And and I wanted to do more. I would have always wanted to do more, but... If that's all you can get in the moment, that's okay. So I just wanted to just pause right there and release that mom that felt like the heavens needed to open and the the, the light of the Lord needed to shine down and the angels needed to sing <laughs> over her quiet time before it could count. That's not what it has to look like.
1: I- perfect interruption. Perfect. I think we can, we can say that a million times to all the moms all the time. It looks different. It doesn't have to be extended. Now, if you can get that great. Now for me, what happened is that 15 minutes became so sweet. I started thinking, Ooh, can I do 30? Can I do 30 minutes? Cause it became such a treasured time for me. So you'll find that you'll want to grow that as you're able. Um, okay. So the next thing, so saying yes, I said yes to shutting off the noise. This is also, I think, increasingly harder. That's things like shutting off the television, shutting off social media. Well, I know when my kids were little and like maybe when they were napping, I just want the TV on, just like I wanted to hear adult voices. Anybody want to just hear adult voices in their house? So, but for me, there was, I needed to say yes to shutting off the noise at some point during the day. And maybe that's not just social media. Maybe that's like messages. Like maybe that's your Marco Polo or your Voxer or not reading your text. Like just, quieting down. So that was another thing. Um, maybe do that once a week. If you don't can't do that every day, at some point in the day, maybe you could do that once a week. Um, also saying yes, this I think might be a little more doable to some is to just simply take a daily pause. So it's saying yes to pausing throughout the day, just sitting quietly, even if it's on your bathroom floor. I can tell you how many holy moments I've had on the bathroom floor. It's become like a little prayer closet for me because sometimes that's the only place you can go. And even it's just a minute. There are apps that you can get or you can just use your timer on your phone where it's just like take a minute and just inhale and exhale and breathe and just be quiet for one minute. Like as long as your kids are safe, one minute isn't going to destroy anybody's schedule or life. Like just take a minute Inhale and exhale um, and just take a moment of pause. I think we had, I think Kristen Shell, our friend from the turquoise table, used to call those Sabbath moments. Am mm-hmm. I right about that? That I'm bringing a bell. She calls awesome. those like little Sabbath moments. And so my goal began to be, to be saying yes to as many Sabbath moments throughout the day that I could just to, just to create just a tiny bit of margin. Even if that's a moment of margin, it can make a huge difference in how your heart responds to the Lord.
0: I would say that, that pausing for just a moment in a day has been one of the best ways that I have found to intersect my life with the Lord, just in that sweet everyday moment like that one minute you know i i um our podcast listeners will be familiar with this because i talk about it a lot um hebrews 4:12 is a foundational verse here at million praying moms it says simply that the the word of god is living and active and and that it has basically that it has the power to divide us and teach us and grow us and all those good things and so it was one of the foundational verses for me when i first started praying God's word back to him and started that habit that we love here at Million Praying Moms and I, so I set my alarm for 4:12 p.m. every day and um I just take a second wherever I am if if I'm alone a lot of times I'll do it out loud if I'm with other people then I you know I'm just real discreet about it I don't have to be obnoxiously out loud about it but I just pray for whatever's on my heart in that moment And it literally takes me sometimes 30 seconds or less, but I'm inviting God into that moment and saying, Lord, I need you. Or sometimes I offer that moment to somebody else. If I have a you know, friend that's going through something that I might tell them, I'm going to pray for you every day at 412 this week. And so I just pray for that person, but it's just a way that I can take the mundane moments of my life and intersect them with the holy. And I love that.
1: I love setting the alarm. That that's a that's a great way to say yes mm-hmm. to margin is to plan for it when you can. And the final thing and obviously there's more this is just the the one that I was thinking of today is looking for longer margins and this is takes some planning, it takes some having a conversation with your your support team, your spouse, your mom, your mother-in-law, your best friend, trading times is to maybe look for longer margins where you can take a day and maybe even a weekend etc like getting a little bit more space in your schedule it is hard and i want to say that none of this is easy but here's what happens if i don't say yes to the lord in these moments the rest of my life just it's almost like you've ever seen one of those big mass pileups on the interstate where one car hits another and then it's just a tangled mess i have found in my life that if i am not being intentional in creating margin but the rest of my life just ends up looking like a mess, just like that. And so everything kind of piles up and wrecks, and it's just devastating. And so I know this is hard but in the end the um taking the initiative and making these choices ahead of time is going to set your heart up to be more connected and let the weariness will not weigh you down as much you'll still have to fight for um times of worship and space margin and space but i think you'll find yourself in a much healthier rhythm i know i do
0: yeah i feel the exact same way it's just really important i, I think I can't remember who it was now, but there's a an author friend of ours, Sandra Peoples, told me about it. It's a quote that she gave me. It's not her quote, but it's it's somebody else who said, if you're going through life, you know, not praying or not um intersecting with the Lord, it's like you're acting as if he's not there. It's kind of like being a functional atheist, you know, like we run around all day long just checking things off of our list and getting things done, and then we one day, or are, are just like, Oh, I didn't even connect with God today, or I didn't even act like I am connected to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords today. And this is a way for us to make sure that we're doing that because we are tethered to Christ and He does want to help us in these weary motherhood moments or weariness that comes even not from motherhood, from other things. God wants to help us through these things. So, Let's move then from just how this impacts our motherhood to how we can pray about it in our own motherhood. Let's intersect those two as we wrap things up today. Um, Let's offer those tuning in a couple verses that they can pray if they find themselves in the desert or maybe lacking margin or needing to choose some things to say yes to God and no to some other things that feel a little bit hard. Mm,
1: That's good. I love sharing scripture. Um, This one is from Isaiah 61, three, and I'm going to read it. And then I want to just tell you why I chose it. But um, this is the verse: to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I love this verse in all its flowery language because it tells me what's possible is that the Lord is in the business of exchanging our ashes for a beautiful headdress and um, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. And, but this, the phrase that got me was the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit and knowing that through my relationship with Him, that I can come and have this faint spirit and just that visual that He wants to wrap me in a garment of praise. And so as I worship and praise Him, there's that transformation. And that in that beautiful process that I could be called actually an oak of righteousness and He gets the glory. Like It's just a possibility that that's what God wants to do in my life. That's why I chose that verse.
0: I love that that's such a beautiful visual. I chose psalm twenty seven verses thirteen and fourteen, and I specifically chose the new King James version for these verses. I really, really love so uh the year before I was married, I went through the season where I just loved the new King James version, and I really don't know why I think. I think as I look back, maybe someone gifted me a version in that Bible and it was really pretty. I think it was purple and I'd never had a purple Bible before and it was just gorgeous. And so I I kind of fell in love with it. But it was during that season that I came across these verses and they say, I would have lost heart. And that's the part I kind of want to emphasize. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And I think the psalmist is saying, if I had not believed that I would see God and his goodness here and now, like not, not in the next life, We know we're going to see the goodness of God in the next life, right? That's all we're going to see in the next life is the goodness of God. But here right now, if I had not believed that, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope. This is why we can have hope is because God shows us his goodness in the land of the living. This is why we can wait on the Lord and be of good courage because he will strengthen our hearts. And so I would just say to you moms, as we wrap up this whole series if you are struggling with weariness or a lack of hope, this is how you get it. Wait on the Lord and He will bring you what you need. Stacey, so it has been such a pleasure to have you with me on this season of the podcast. Um, just a treat. So before we you know, sign off today, I would love it if you would tell everybody where they can hang out with you, if they want to connect with you online and keep following what God is doing in your life and in your ministry. Tell them a little bit about that.
1: Oh, well, it's been my pleasure to be here, Brooke. I love talking to you. And this is my one of my favorite messages, one of my favorite stories to tell is our hope story. Um, God is so faithful to um, have allowed us to do this together, to continue to do this together. Mm-hmm. Brooke, before I say that, I just have to tell them a funny story is that years ago when um, God began, he He continued to ask us to keep following the spark. I asked Brooke, I said, Brooke, are you sure you, you sure you want to say yes? That means you're probably going to be connected to me for the rest of your life. <laughs> I said, you'll be stuck with me. And she was so sweet. She said, without even missing a beat. Absolutely. So <laughs> here we are 10 years later and I was something of a prophet. So here we yes. go. It's all true. Okay. So yes, where you can find me, you can find me um, on my blog, stacythacker.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Stacey Thacker. That's one of my favorite places to hang out. Um, but also on official Stacey Thacker on Facebook. So all those places, come over, hang out,
0: tell me what's going on in your life. And I would love to see you there. I think I have to clarify just for a second that along with that, absolutely. I sent you a YouTube video of Huey Lewis and the News, which was the song Happy to be Stuck with You. This is actually true. I do. <laughs> I remember that. Very thing and
1: in what you didn't know is that one of the concerts I went to in high school was Huey Lewis and the news. <laughs> so I love that. The uh, other concert I went to just to give away my age again was Whitney Houston. So those two concerts, Huey Lewis and Whitney Houston. So you spoke my love language. So it was it was a meant to be thing.
0: Fantastic. I, I recently heard somebody say that the last time they trusted the news is when it was hanging out with Huey Lewis. So <laughs> I would say. But I'm I, fine. I love Huey Lewis as well. So, um, I'm I've just thank you so much for for being here, Stacy. It's always a treat to get to talk to you. Um, but we're not done with the series. There is one more bonus uh, episode in the series, getting to the root of weariness, and it it's it's going to be a special episode where I'm reading chapter four of Unraveled Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope, which is the book that Stacy and I just released together. The chapter that I'm going to read you is titled, When the Gentle Words Won't Come. And it covers an issue that almost all moms struggle with from time to time, which is mastering their emotional response toward their children. So I want to encourage you to hang out with me one more week and and listen to that chapter. And if you'd like a copy of the verses that we talked about today in the forum of Scripture-inspired prayers, or if you would like to purchase a copy of Unraveled, just head over to our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Until then, hang on to hope. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Million Praying Moms. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or by visiting our website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom, like our monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendars, yours for only $5 a month when you become a patron of Million Praying Moms. If you love this podcast and want to be a part of making sure it sticks around and reaches other moms with the message that prayer is not a last resort, But the first and best response to motherhood, consider joining our Patreon family. There are options for everyone, including our $5 a month prayer calendar option, perfect for both the beginner and seasoned praying mom who wants to pray God's word for her children. Depending upon your needs, you can get access to our classes, courses, podcast scripts, discussion questions for each podcast, and even vote on certain aspects related to the ministry of Million Praying Moms. And I also have a free gift for you too. download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children, when you subscribe to the podcast. It's a step-by-step guide for how to get started praying the scriptures for yourself and your family. If you love this podcast, would you help us reach more moms with our message by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts? We sure would appreciate it. Find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com.